make a difference when it comes to uh, not being bound, but being in a place where God can work in our lives. Remember I mentioned uh, last week that one of the key aspects of knowing how to do anything in this whole matter of managing our busy lives is that there has to be that quiet time with God where you know you're walking with Him, your priorities are right, you have the wisdom that comes from Him, because there's natural reactions that we have uh, that will work its way into financial decisions that we make, and without the constraint of the Lord, without the, uh, the uh, wisdom of the Lord, we will run into troubles. And so uh, I'm going to give some of the suggestions that are given here in this study in regard to, am I on? Yeah, I'm on, okay. Uh, study um, to get your finances under spiritual control. And so a couple of these suggestions I believe might be helpful to you. Uh, one thing that is suggested that I thought was very good and that was to go on a spending fast. Um, of course, you know about budgeting. The way you budget is to go for three months and take very good records of what you are spending. Look at it all and then come up with a, uh, a conservative approach on how to use your money based upon all facts. Because usually in one quarter, even your quarterly expenses come up and you're able to manage that. And, um, and so that is, that is I'm, that's not what this um, chapter is about, but that's very helpful. But what she's mentioning here is um, just, just like you might have gone through a technology fast where only absolutely necessary technology for several weeks you used and you, didn't, you gave the time to the Lord, that was so helpful because you realized how much frivolous time and escape time there was on technology. Well, the idea here is all unnecessary spending. Go a month without frivolous purchases. That may mean not eating out unless it was clearly a necessity for what you needed to do. No little doodads for the house. Um, nothing that is, uh, you know, that way that it's not crucial. Um, and just stop and take a breath of fresh air looking at your situation and realizing what you have and what it's like not to have a little bit go here, a little bit go there, all of that we can rationalize and some of those things are fine. You know, obviously uh, doing things for your home and all are legitimate, but so often it is a knee-jerk reaction. It is, a, it is the need for a little minor dopamine hit. Uh, it's like other things. Some ladies and men I've had to counsel here who have an addiction to spending. It is their, it's their dopamine high. It's their drug usage. It's how they cope. And, uh, and so, but every one of us have a little bit of that. There's something exciting about getting something new. And again, Many times, none of those things are in of themselves morally wrong, but they aren't wise at that time in the flow of your economics to do that. And folks, we don't know what the future holds right now anyway economically. I mean, your spending power has decreased, and um, I don't see a trend to solve that anytime soon. So actually, this would be a pretty good 
little thing to do. Um, and so it, this will help clear your vision. It also helps you get out. If you can go a month, anytime you can go three weeks or more without um, doing anything that's impulsive in an area that you'd like to be stronger in, you can begin to form new habits. And uh, you'll be able to identify what was an escape, what was covetous, what was uh, not really a need. And it's just an opportunity for you if you diary, I, I trust if you have your hour with God, your Christ walk journal, at least be noting things. Uh, just note some of these things, educate yourself. And honestly, uh, a, a month fast on frivolous things is not that hard. I mean, it's not like you're, it's not like uh, for a month hardly eating anything. I mean, you know, something like that's mur murder, but the, this kind of a fast is not that hard. But it gives you an opportunity uh, to see the Lord work. And, uh, and you can get sort of a Spartan mentality, uh, a no-nonsense, no-frills approach. And so uh, then if you want to do nice things, you can pray about it. See, one of the keys to spending is know it's God's will before you do it have a plan to do it. Uh, and also, what about God providing things? You see, when we haven't been frivolous and then you run into economic issues, you know God's going to take care of you. You absolutely have confidence. He will always take care of you. And uh, so, if I had men here, I would be talking about, uh, do you really have to go to Starbucks? And I know no lady here has that problem, you know. And all of my men would say, no, we go to Dunkin' Donuts. Well, I'm not sure that is much better because you may have a little cheaper on the coffee, but the donut was probably not a good idea. Uh, I know I'm treading on very sensitive ground here, but uh, uh, what is a need and what is, a, you know, you have to just be honest with yourself. Is it wrong to get uh, coffee? No. I see coffee cups everywhere here. Uh, no, it's not wrong to get coffee, but why do we do it? And you go to a more high-priced place, that's a lot of money. You multiply that by 30 over a month, uh, you know, you're dealing, you're dealing with $150 plus. That's a lot of money. Is that really a priority? You know, you've already lost 150, way more than $150 a month. So um, anyway, I, I appreciate her perspective, you can read that, but I think that's a great idea because it's not that hard. It's not that hard because it uh, doesn't mean you're not taking care of yourself and doesn't change any of your lifestyle. It's that impulsive, frivolous, not important, coping, spending, knee-jerk type stuff. Just absolutely say, I'm not doing it uh, for a month and hold yourself accountable. And I think you'll find yourself, oh, okay. Uh, I'm seeing some patterns here that I need to identify and uh, it will really help you because remember we're stewards of God's money. And so the next point is pray instead of spending. I've already started that. Um, uh, start a prayer list about your needs. God has promised to uh, give us our daily bread um, and he is a father that loves to give good things to us. He doesn't want to make us miserable. He loves to do good things. But you know, it's amazing when um, you, uh, you look to the Lord for something that you say, Lord, this isn't a necessity, but could, uh, I'd love to be able to, to do this. What would you want me to do? 
and then you see God provide it. It's such a sweet thing. If you'd just gone out impulsively and done it, I don't know how many times uh, we needed a new piece of furniture or a new this or that, and instead of just going out looking and boom, doing something, prayed about it, take, took time, Sometimes you just have to wait on the Lord, and then it's amazing how that was clearly of God. Man, we saved two-thirds on that, got something a lot better than we would have wanted. Because God has a, he just has a joy in, in meeting our needs. And so prayer, uh, and it just helps you, you do want victory over impulsiveness. That is important. I mean, that's the big deal. You don't want to do something for that dopamine hit. That needs to be eliminated 100%. And let me just say, if you do that in this area, you will do it in other areas and you'll find yourself very discouraged. Now, this lesson timed out very well because what's coming up in a, in a month and a, three quarters? Christmas. And uh, you've got to pray about Christmas giving. It can't be knee-jerk, it can't be because of guilt, it can't be because of pressure. It needs to be what is the right thing to do. And you know, when you're careful and patient and, and pray about it, you can do things that are far more meaningful and better. And God will give just great wisdom on what to do. And there's just a joy because it wasn't just a human thing, it was a God thing. And uh, that is uh, really a blessing. And so that is... Uh, uh, very important. And then, um, uh, you know, have short-term strategies. For instance, right now, a short-term strategy for Christmas ought to be set up. What is your budget going to be? What are you not, what's the ceiling? And what are the best things that can be done, especially for the immediate family that you have? Um, and you say, oh, I'm just not that kind of person. That, you know, it doesn't take much time to sit down and talk about it. Honestly, in 15 minutes, you can get a pretty good plan and pray about it, and then let God lead you. And it's, a, it's an exciting adventure. And other things that you have, get good short-term strategies in your life. Now, another major uh, topic here in this chapter is don't spend more than you can make. Isn't that a unique idea? <laughs> uh, however, that really is something that needs to be a set matter in your household, that uh, by God's grace, you will stay within the limit of what you have. Um, and so, uh, you are in danger, I'll just read off what she has here, you, when you use a substantial amount, 20% or more, of take-home pay to pay off credit card debts. I mean, that is definitely a problem. Add new debts before paying off old ones. Now let me just stop here. Mortgages, non-depreciating items like that are a different category. You still have to stay within a budget perspective. Uh, but most of us, our homes from when we bought them to where they are now have been a good, uh, they have moved right up with the scale of the uh, economy and are a good investment just as long as you don't over-encumber yourself and are wise. The hard thing now is that the interest rates are getting higher and higher and a person has to be very careful. Um, they almost have to go a short, shorter term just not to lose too much money there. So I don't want to put that into this camp, uh, category. Um, 
have consistent outstanding debts with banks or lending companies, are frequently late on payments, are continuing to stretch out your debts for longer periods of time. And so um, that all says that you are spending more than you are taking in. Uh, that's one thing I feel that acutely because I am the ultimate responsibility for our church finances. And now we have all these different organizations that are tied to our church. And uh, uh, I am very thankful for the expertise that we have here that has kept us well within, um, well within that range, well within. I mean, just God is blessed. And in these last couple of years, the giving has certainly uh, made that easier. But when it's, and it's not as strong, that has to be held to. And, and you have to make hard decisions. And uh, so, so therefore, endeavor not to buy depreciating items on credit. Now, you can use a credit card um, for various reasons when you travel and so forth, but you've got to know, you've got to be able to pay it off the next month. In fact, I primarily use an American Express card that has no uh, opportunity to have extended payment. Boy, they just bombard you. Don't you want to change to this card, change to this card, and I just ignore it all because, um, you know, because I need to. When I travel and do different things, I have to, uh, and you get points and so forth. It can be used well, uh, but it, it, it cannot, it's got to be paid off in full every month or else you are in trouble. I really encourage you, I, if, you know, I, could, I can't, but I could give you testimony after testimony of people that have been so bound uh, because their income didn't match their expenses. They went into credit, then they got into more trouble having to pay that off. And let me just say, if you are in that kind of situation, don't live in despair, Satan will get you. You need to get counsel, all right? And let us know, and we've got some good men here, a couple in particular that are extremely good at getting you a, a three-year plan of how to get out of this, get that under control, help you. And so I would just uh, bite your pride. You don't want to live under that kind of pressure. Uh, I can't tell you how many of our dear folks have done that. Many people will come into the church and then they realize, wow, you know, God begins to deal with them about it. And so we get them on a plan and it's exciting. I love it when they come up to me, pastor, I'm free. <laughs> and I just say, hallelujah. And uh, that's a great thing. So um, please let us help you. Um, and, and so uh, that, would, that would be also one of the things that we are struggling with today is that a depreciating item that really depreciates is a car. And cars today have tripled in the last 10 years. It's ridiculous. And so there we have to be super careful. And the problem, I mean, our cars have higher value longer now. They might not stay that way. Uh, but still, there are. I mean, the minute you drive it off the lot, if it's new, you just lost. You know, you can just hear the money falling out of your car. You know, not that it's bad sometimes to buy a new car. I'm not saying that because you can sometimes get a zero percent interest situation that um, that is a short term that you could pay off. But other than that, uh, uh, you don't want to you don't want to be in indebtedness there and 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 get yourself in real trouble. So you really. I think probably the hardest thing for me to counsel is what to, what to do about a car. And I'm telling you, I'm not saying you can't borrow for it, but what you need to do is you need, it has to be, you have to have such control over that. And, uh, 
And believe me, if there's any impulsive buying that occurs, it can be in a car uh, dealership. And so that can, can really injure you for several years if you don't watch out. So, um, uh, you know, you can patiently pray about um, a vehicle and come up with something that really is good. And by the way, when you buy used cars, you can get a lot more of the frills on it <laughs> uh, because uh, that's just the way it works. Uh, but boy, to put it on a new car. But I'm not saying buying a new car is wrong. Don't, I don't want any false guilt here, but don't encumber yourself in, a, in an improper way. Okay, be very careful. Uh, especially in these days. But I mean, to buy a new car, you're dealing with 50 grand today, 45, 50 grand uh, for cars that, well, 10 years ago were 30, 25. I mean, it's just amazing. And uh, so I think we just need to ask the Lord for wisdom. And God can just do it. Um, I, uh, I appreciate Pastor Van, my son. He's a uh, he just prays and prays and prays till he gets the next vehicle. It's amazing. And, uh, and the Lord uh, is able to give him something that he can take care of. So that's a tricky thing. Again, I don't want to put false conscience, but I'm just trying to get you to think. Don't envy what others have. That's a real problem. Um, uh, keeping up with the Joneses has been the American way of life. But uh, we're not to love the world or the things of the world. You know, one of the, the great signs that you're walking in the Spirit is rejoice when somebody else has something nice, but you don't have the ability right now to do it. That is really, that's freedom, folks. That is a joy. I mean, to truly rejoice. Wow, it's so neat how God allowed you to have that. And, um, and so don't be jealous. Don't be critical. Don't be critical. Um, that's one thing that you, we cannot compare ourselves one with another. And you know, certain people um, just have a, an ability or a situation and they've worked hard to be able to make more money. Well, they are a blessing. And I can tell you, godly people in this church that make some pretty good amount of money um, are very sacrificial. And, uh, and so I appreciate any, anything that they're able to do, praise the Lord, you know, and that's great. Or you have somebody has an answer to prayer and God does something where he gives them a a nice car or something, rejoice. That's wonderful. God will do some good things for you, but don't let envy, because envy will drive you to spending. And uh, you don't want that to happen. Be content with such things as you have. You have, find in 1 uh, Timothy chapter 6, contentment with, um, godliness with contentment is what? Great gain. It really is. And um, so, all I have to do is travel to um, third world countries and I come back and I think, uh, Lord, forgive me for any frustration I've had about things I don't have. Uh, because, uh, I mean, uh, just people just barely make it day by day. It's amazing. And you feel really rich when you travel. I've had people travel with me to third world that, that you know, struggle financially here in America. But after they... Uh, uh, go on the third world uh, trip, they feel, you know, I'm pretty rich. I, I can pretty much handle things. So she's getting down to some ner uh, nerve issues. Don't love money. Uh, and so that's very, uh, Mark Twain said, uh, the Bible says the lack of money uh, is the root of all evil. Well, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says the love of money 
is the root of all evil. And it's not the root, I misquoted that, it is a root, there are many other things, um, bitterness and so forth, but no man can serve two masters. Either he will love the one and hate the other. So, but you cannot serve God and mammon. And I, I feel sorry for folks that just their whole identity, their whole sense of who they are, their contentment, their excitement, their purpose in life is more money. I mean, uh, it just, you don't have to look far in history or look at people today, They're, they are not happy people. And isn't it interesting that the most wealthy people in our country are some of the worst leftist, Marxist, uh, dangerous men and women in the country or in the world because they don't know what to do. They got a guilty conscience and they feel bad about everybody else, but then they think that they have the answer and then they go toward socialism and all of that kind of thing and still live like a wealthy billionaire. It's really very hypocritical. Uh, but you just look at it, corporations, why does that happen? It's because people find that money does not meet the need. And one of the ways to solve it, you know the way to kick uh, the love of money in the teeth? Give. I know for me that's, that puts me on having to pray and uh, having to trust the Lord. We are to abound in the grace of giving, 2 Corinthians 8, 7. And uh, God, doesn't, God does not want us to, to give grudgingly, but He loves a what kind of giver? A cheerful giver. And obviously we need to be wise. We should not do impulsive giving, but obviously the tithe, and I'm not going to give an exposition on that, but I tell you, a tithe off of the gross, that right there, that's enough to really put an arrow into the heart of covetousness. And you know what? God will take care of you because that 90% is what He's allowed you to live on. The 10% He has claimed. And when you use any part of the 10% of your gross income for yourself, you're putting yourself in a bad spot. Um, honestly, uh, I, over the years, uh, there's, I can just say personally, uh, never lacked, God always blesses tithing. There is such a rest in your soul. And I know many of our people, and this is a, more of a stewardship discussion, but many of our people just continue to move percentage-wise. And uh, honestly, what the Lord's led me to give uh, now in my life, it would have scared me to death back when I was uh, starting to learn to give as a young adult. But you know, you prove God, and God just gives. And you don't give to get. By the way, don't expect anything from the 10%. Just expect wisdom to live off the 90%. But I, as I look back, anything above the 10% that I've given, I, I, I am sure if I could sit down and look at all the records, God's probably given all that back and more. And not in just direct monies, but in just all the different things that I would have had to pay money for. And uh, that's just our God. And uh, so uh, it really will help you. You know, it's interesting, if you've listened to any of the Christian speakers uh, you hear on the radio and all about how to get your finances under control, what's, their, what's point number one? Tithe. That, doesn't, that seems counterintuitive, doesn't it? But it's absolutely true. Uh, the men that help us here counsel people. The very first thing is, all right, let's figure out what the tithe is. Let's get that locked in. Because almost always someone that's in real economic troubles is not tithing. You get that locked in, first thing. Now let's work off that 90% and see what, uh, 
we can do about it. And I tell you what, you have the God of heaven behind you to give you wisdom. Plus, your own heart is changed. It's no longer your money. Do you understand that? It, it honestly is important. If you've never been faced with giving that much, um, I'd certainly be glad to help you with it. And the thing that's always hard in preaching on this, people think, oh, you just want more money at the church. No, God takes care of us here. I want people to have blessing, and I really mean that. That is one of the biggest keys to full surrender to God, to believe God in that regard. Now, uh, what do you do if your husband doesn't want to give? You obviously have to follow your husband, but you can appeal to him to be able to give. And then you can also be frugal and save and, and, and be a real testimony. And I'm telling you, if that's your heart, I've seen many women come up and say, well, I'm able to give now. I've seen that over and over. And they're so delighted. God has done, has done it and, uh, because they've had the right, right uh, attitude. And then the, just the final thought is be aware of your financial condition at all times. Uh, ignorance is not bliss when it comes to finances. Uh, why do people not want to look at their finances? Because they don't want to see their finances, okay? They want to, ah, you know, uh, don't be afraid of that. Sit down and see where you are, where you're going. And I'm telling you, if you have some kind of issue and you know you're impulsive at times, you're just living with, with um, escaping the pressure, there's a down deep anxiety that's not helping you at all. The best thing you can do, like any other issue in your life, is get it on paper. Get a basic idea, get a little bit of help if you need it, and when, once you have a plan, you'll find anxiety will roll off. And you will have far more contentment and far more uh, excitement about serving the Lord. I promise you, I, I could give you testimony after testimony. So get that pressure off of you. You're not made for that. Obviously, your husband, if you're married, is the one that should uh, be ultimately uh, handling this, but you need to back. Oftentimes men don't do well because their wives are not helping and are not willing. And when a wife is willing uh, and is working hard to keep finances under control uh, in their home, um, then it's much easier for the man to take steps of faith. If your husband says, I really want to believe God, I, God's put this amount on my heart, you say, oh, what is he thinking? No, don't undercut him. Don't undercut him. And just see what God will do and uh, trust him. And just in all these areas, lead out on just having a spiritual steadiness about your life in the area of finances. Okay, well, quite a subject, but it's where we live, isn't it? It really is. It's a lot of things we've talked about come right down to this. And ladies, you do make a big deal of difference in the home and I, I deeply appreciate my wife that uh, just does not just shop to shop and is very aware of, I mean she keeps thinking we've got, we have these more important issues. I'm telling you when you got 21 grandkids that alone will break your budget <laughs> and, uh, uh, and other things you've got to be careful so why spend it over here when you can do something that's going to last over here in somebody's life or do something that's important or see God work and then just pray about it. God knows. God knows. If he knows about the sparrow that falls, as I preach Sunday morning, don't you think he knows about your situation? And isn't he big enough to solve it? I promise you, there's not a person here he cannot 
enable you to have real peace and contentment about that. All right, this ought to be an interesting discussion time. Okay.